Hello and welcome again to this episode of the LSU Professional Sales Institute podcast. I'm your host, Greg Accardo, and I'm also the director of the LSU Professional Sales Institute. And as always, we're coming to you from the E.J. Orso College of Business right here on the campus of Louisiana State University. Before we start today, I want to thank our corporate partners because without them, uh, they make all of our work possible. So we want to thank United Rentals, BXS Insurance, the risk and insurance professionals for your team, Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory firm, CMA Technology Solutions, Orso Insurance and Financial Services, and Paycom. So our guest today is going to be none other than Jarvis Green. Uh, Jarvis is a native of Donaldsonville, Louisiana. He was recruited to LSU on a football scholarship by coach Jerry Dernardo in 1998. Uh, Jarvis's career at LSU, he was the fourth all-time sack list leader. Uh, Jarvis was a defensive end. He graduated from LSU in 2001, went on to a career in the NFL with the New England Patriots. And while he was with the Patriots, he was a two-time Super Bowl champion. He also had a brief career with the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. Uh, Jarvis as an entrepreneur, a business owner, his company, Oceans 97, is a seafood wholesale distributor. Uh, he's got some really good uh, insights on what it means to be successful in business and how sales can contribute to that. So sit back and listen to this recording with Jarvis Green. So good morning, Jarvis, and uh, welcome to our podcast. Oh, thank you, Greg. How you doing? I'm, hey, look, I'm doing great. Uh, hey, it's football season. Tigers are doing great. I'm sure everybody's excited, and uh, I know we are here at the College of Business. So. Um, you know, since we're talking about sales and the podcast for the Professional Sales Institute covers sales and everyone who's involved in sales, can you talk to us a little bit about your path from um, an NFL player, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, after you spent uh, a great career at LSU, you know, you were the fourth all-time on the sack list. Uh, I think Coach DiNardo recruited you from Dawsonville. Yes, sir. And uh, you, you're for, you here at LSU from, from 98 to 2001. Yes. So, uh, but what I'm really curious is, is even after you spent time in NFL, you know, you were at the New England Patriots, you spent a little bit of time at the Denver Broncos, Houston Texans, but how did that experience basically set up your path going from NFL to owner of Oceans 97? Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me was, going to a great program and, and working hard, but also like the program is just like playing with the Patriots. Um, I just, they ask, they ask for a lot, you know, coming from Bill Belichick, Mr. Kraft, and the things that we had to do day in and day out. And it was very tedious. Um, always trying to get better, always trying to appreciate your skills on the field as well as off the field in the classroom. Because I know like, I kind of said going from Denver and then going to Houston, it was a big difference. And really just being a student of the game, but knowing your playbook inside out and not just knowing your position, but understanding 
all the other positions and understanding the calls, even all the way back to the safety and the different coverages. Because I know when I came through, um, you know, high school, college, I mean, you played defensive line, you didn't really worry about the different coverages and the different zones. But I know playing for New England, we had to learn that stuff and understand that. So I think this is just the capacity of knowing all those different things and taking it over and understanding, like in a business world, in a sense, because for me, I didn't really have, like, I guess the opportunity to go, like, to the incubator and start from step one or, or, or the letter A and learn everything about the world of business. Now, we all go to school. We go to college, universities, junior college, whatever it is that we learn. But we know that, you know, in the real world, it, it's still different because you're hands-on every day with the ups and downs of the real world. Now, you know, so learning, going from college, <clears throat> different coaches, from Denardo to Saban, it was a different capacity on the different things that we had to learn. But I know, like, my last two years with Nick Saban, it was very detailed. I mean, he was truly a student or coach at a game. And, and carrying over to New England, I mean, Saban and Belichick, they are the same people. They're like twins. So learning all those things. And then getting into the real world, just the details and attention to details. And I have to say, I wasn't perfect. Everything that I did, it wasn't laid out for me. It wasn't an easy task on where I'm at now with Ocean's 97, but understanding and, and just adversity and getting back up and trying to like uh, disfigure things and break them down and put them back together and knowing the ins and the outs from, you know, from the back to the front, front to the back, and learning everything I have to learn. So with Ocean 97, like I started in 2015, but I got into the trim business in 2012, but it's the same thing. I started with a mop and a broom my first two weeks and just learning the business and learning everything that I needed to know. And as I worked for this other company, I saw so many things that we did well. I saw so many things that we did that wasn't well, uh, but I'm still learning and I'm still a student at a game as I'm you know, working through and working uh, for my company, Ocean's 97 today. Well, that, that, that's a great story. And, you know, I'm curious, and I have to ask you this question. So, you know, Bill Belichick, probably one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. And, and he, he, he's done, you know, phenomenal things there in New England. But put yourself in a position where if you had to work for him in a sales capacity, what would he be like as a sales manager instead of an NFL football coach? Well, I think he will be the type of guy, once you go in, you know, every day, you're going to have to meet with him every single day. Because that's what we did for eight years. We had a meeting, eight o'clock team meeting. And every time we have a meeting, like, like so when it started, it was more about what you didn't do right or correct. And everybody would get bashed if you made a mistake. So I know going in with my cup of coffee, I was, I would just get ready for my my worst day at the office. And then he would come back and probably say, hey, now, if you don't do better, we're going to find someone else to replace you. And it, it won't be more like, hey, you could do this better. You could do this. You're capable of doing this. Get the job done. Let's get excited. Let's get some energy. That was not Bill Belichick. He was um, very uh, mute. I've never heard the guy scream before, so he wouldn't be that type of manager that would be screaming and trying to get people rallied up. He would be more or less of telling you about your disappointments and your worst days. And hopefully as an individual, 
you're going to want to have some uh, self-confidence, self-confidence that you could go out there and you could perform and get your sales done and increase and get better day in and day out. But Belichick, he is a tough guy to play for and to work for. So if he's the manager and he has the same, the same, uh, the same psychic, or he's being the same person, I think you're going to have to really go in there and be motivated because he's not going to be that type of guy to push you every single day. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, thank you for sharing that. Uh, so, so Jarvis, I'm curious, um, you know, you've, you've been in business for a little while now and, and, and you're experiencing success. So I want to go back to, to sales. So, so how did your, your experience or maybe even lack of experience impact the growth of your company? Um, I think the lack of experience for me was I'm there, uh, you know, I'm in the flesh. I did everything from day one, even like t- today. Um, I have people that work for me. I have like two councils that uh, they help me with my paperwork and, and, and you know, my contracts, just reading contracts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in retail, it's, it's a little different because a lot of the contracts are very generic coming from the retailers. And really, those contracts, you can't go and redline anything. If you redline anything, you don't get the business. You just have to deal with everything that they have that's going to come. And a lot of times, they're going to come and drop different costs on you that you have to deal with. So that's one part of the business that I had to learn and understand. And, and that happened very quickly. But also just be hands-on with the retailer, with the buyers, and let them know that it's my company. But also... um the sales part about it, it's just being aggressive. It's, it's just like being nonstop. I mean, I got to say, like, I had my first grand opening with Rouse's yesterday. Now, I'm not sure if we talked in present time or not, but this was this was crazy because I had so many – I had this new product that I created for Ocean 97, and I have two workers with me, and I have people saying no. And people was, like, kind of like – they were, like, about to walk by. Me, myself, I went around the table, I picked up my product, walked in front of them, and I looked in their shopping cart to see what they had. And if they had some type of seafood, I was attacking them and tell, in a good way and telling them that, you know what, this is something new, innovative, brand new, great, this is something you need to try. But not just walk away, you know, because a lot of times in life, we, we, we do things and make decisions, and you, just try a little bit, you know. So I would tell my people, uh, no, I think it was Hemingway who said, uh, no is yes, and then how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. so that's like that's like my mentality with sales. So if somebody do tell me no, now I, I've got a lot of no's in my time with, with product going in front of sales guys and different companies. But the thing is, so I'm very persistent. I never stop. Another guy said the other day, I see why you're so successful. Because every three or four months, I'm going to make that phone call. If you tell me no, I'm going to come back around and um, I'm going to be aggressive about it, but be very positive about it. So that's, it sounds like persistence has been the key for you in, in overcoming some of those adversities in sales. Yes, that's been the main thing for me. Just never stop, uh, never give up. Um, when somebody tell me no, I, I've never been at a point that I was depressed. Now I might say some things to myself. I mean, that's everybody. I think that's just human nature. 
but I could see that person or that salesperson get back in front of them. And, and go, cause I remember like, like right now my Rouse's deal. I mean, I've been trying to get into Rouse's for almost three years, you know, and I can remember one day the buyer said, Hey, look, you kept working. You worked your butt off. You didn't give up and you have a shot and we give you an opportunity. You know, that's, that's life, you know? I think I read something, Jarvis, a while back. It was an interview you had given someone talking about, uh, you know, starting your business and 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 not knowing a lot about sales, but you 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 were, you were determined enough where you just picked the phone up and you just started calling. Well, my first sale, I think I called a guy maybe sixty days at nine o'clock a.m. every day, and then it's a big company. I mean, the big company up north in a supermarket, and he said, "Hey, what do you want? Who is this?" And I didn't say, you know, I never say who that who I am. I just say, "Mr. Green," and I sell blah blah blah. You're like, what is it? I said, I want to, I want one chance, an opportunity to sell the product. And, and I think for me, that's been my mentality from day one, just going after it, never giving up. And I think from playing football and, and just, I mean, look, my first two years, my first two years playing the LSU, we won seven games. I mean, that, that wasn't a, a good time, but it taught us a lot of things in that, in that room. And then when Saban came in, I think we had 10, 11 wins and we had I think eight or nine wins. So just, you know, flipping the switch and taking that, that I, what I did in football on the field, just taking it out into the real world. You know, again, never giving up. Yeah. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. That's great advice. So I want to take you back a little bit also to your, your, your academic path at LSU. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your degree was in construction management. Is that right? Yes, sir. So fast forward to today, if you could go back, when you were just beginning LSU, knowing what you know now, I mean, would you still choose that career path in construction management or would you maybe choose something else? No, I don't know if y'all, if LSU offered like a hospitality, you know, hotel management or something like that. I would probably would choose something like that more with uh, hospitality, but also, I mean, business is, is to me similar to the point that you deal with people every day. Um, you know, ins and outs. So I really don't know. I mean, I did construction when I grew up. I was building things. I mean, we grew up on a little, light little farm. And we had, you know, we had pigeons. We had dogs. We had cats. You know, we had chickens. And always, we was always building things and creating things. And I always was an artist and I always was drawing and wasting paper growing up as a kid. Like my mom always tell me. So construction to me was the best thing that I could yeah. put you know, a pencil on some paper and start drafting different designs and all of that. So I was very into construction. So, I mean, but today I would probably change it more into some type of hotel hospitality management because I never thought I'd be in the, um, in the I, mean, I am in the hospitality business now, you know, so uh, serving food, you know, to, to, to strangers and individuals. And it's just, I guess it's for me, it's crazy how, how the world is and how I, Played football, went to construction management, graduated, and now I'm selling seafood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes we never know where life's going to take us, right? No, we never know. We got to just keep moving forward and keep our head up. Bro. So, and, and, and look, I'd also like to ask you, you know, if, if you look at sales skills and the skills that you've acquired over the years since you've been in business, how important is sales for the entrepreneur and, and, and the business owner? I think sales is very important because it's the drive. It's the heartbeat of the business. 
because like you could have tough days or if you don't get out and get in front of people and talk to people, educate them about whatever you're selling, knock on the doors, you don't get paid. You don't, you know, and I know I had my times when, you know, I had nothing going on. I couldn't get a sale. I mean, my first few months in the business, Ocean 97, for first three, four months, I could not get a sale. So I had no check coming in on a weekly basis to pay for, no. Now, I mean, I, just, I got done with football, you know, years before that, you know, but I was trying to create something new. So I think that is very important in our business being an entrepreneur and sales is, is the driving force for any person who's starting a new business on this, on their own. Yeah, that's, that, that, you know, we hear that a lot. And, uh, you know, and, and we always like to say, Hey, nothing happens in business till someone makes a sale. That's right. So, so Jarvis, if you could, could look back, you know, when, when, when you first started your, your, your career in business, what's the one thing that you wish you knew back then that you know today? I wish I could have took some type of class or, again, like an incubator and start from scratch and doing everything that I need to do and have the understanding um, on the complex of a business. And, uh, you know, everything. I mean, I mean, I understood how to get my LLCs and all that, but also just, you know, we go into the bank, get the bank account, but also when you know, creating, I create products. So doing the UPC codes, getting the package right, understanding the USDA, FDA rules on how it's supposed to look, where things are supposed to be placed at, um, the different color, the color scheme, you know, what, 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 what make people attractive to, the, to buying something on the shelf, uh, understanding the POS point of sales for the retailers up and down, understand the different deals and the costs and the different, um, the different things that they charge you that you don't even know about. You know, it's in a small print talking about different things when it comes to distribution, to the trucking, uh, to the shrimp facilities, learning all those different things. Um, I, I wish I, I had time to learn that. But, you know, in life, I mean, a lot of things that we do, we, we're never like prepared, but we have to get prepared as we, you know, as we on the journey. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a class that say like, for me, shrimp 101, seafood 101. There's no such thing. You know, and then nobody was going to sit there and tell me, hey, Jarvis, this is how you're supposed to do it. There's no such thing as well. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's so many things that I wish I would have known before. So, you, you, you probably, what you're saying is, is that innovation <clears throat> is probably the key. Yes, that is the key. That's, that's the perfect word, innovation, yes. Mm-hmm. On everything that's going on, because I know from the time I started to now, so much has changed in the business, so much has advanced. Um, you know, so just keeping up on those different things and knowing uh, what's changing every day is that's that's a big thing too. So, if you were talking to a group of of current LSU students who were saying that, "Hey, I want to be a business owner or an entrepreneur like you one day," what would be your advice to them? My advice would 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 say read, uh, study understand everything that you want to do, uh, what you're trying to do, ask questions, go to those uh, people in that industry. Uh, if you got to work an internship, I mean, that's what I did. That was very helpful. Uh, work an internship, but just understand what you're about to get into and understand uh, your gains and your losses because 
You know, it's not it's not going to just be a simple cakewalk or whatever you decide to do. So that that there's a lot of preparation they could be actually doing now, so that they can hit their goals later in life. And I'm and when I say later, I'm I'm saying the next five years, the next ten years, they can be preparing now for those challenges that are going to come to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. Yes. That's that's a big thing. And also, I think a lot of time, like I think the millennial, I'm saying millennials today. I mean, I have three kids. I have um, I have one millennial. And when they go into a job, I think their mindsets, it just can't be focused on, oh, I want to make, you know, $80,000. I want to make $100,000 or whatever it may be. It needs to be more about that. I want to be successful. I want to work hard. And I want to grow, but at the same time, you want to be, uh, like you say, innovation. You want to be different because it's hard to go and sell, you know, apples and you got the, the same 50 type of apple tree farmers. I mean, that's a tough market. So really separate mm-hmm. yourself. But that was something that, that I had to do as I was in my business to separate myself from everyone else and be different. Yep, that, that makes a lot of sense. And And look, we have a lot of students who – you know, they'll come come to us for advice and some insights. And, you know, a lot of them are, you know, they have, they have plans and they have goals. And, you know, they always say, hey, what do I need to do to prepare to be successful if I want to start a business doing this or if I want this sales career? And it, it's, it's always the same. It's, you need to start preparing now for the adversity that you're going to experience. You know, it's, it's never going to be an easy path. If it were an easy path, everyone would do it, right? Yes, you're right. You're right. I agree. So, yeah, that, that's that, that's some great advice, and I hope the students are listening to this and can uh, benefit a little bit from that. So, Jarvis, before we go, I've got to ask you, man. So, man, this has been in an unbelievable year for the Tigers. Uh, just your observation, what you see. I mean, what's your prediction? How do you think this year is going to end? Well, I mean, we're halfway through the season. Um, and everybody, I think, is kind of in that position. It's kind of scared or timid to say how it's going to end because nobody want to wish any any negative energy on the team. Uh, I just know right now, let's talk about more about what they've done already. I mean, it's been phenomenal. You know, I mean, they're breaking records at this at this point, you know, in, in the season, the way uh, our quarterback been playing, the way the offense has been playing, the defense. Defense has been uh, getting better. That's that, that's a big thing. Um, Did you ever think I, that you would see a point where LSU would actually be bake, breaking records in offensive production? I mean, look, when I was there, I had Rohan David, I had Josh Reed. I mean, we were like, wow, this is this is crazy what they're doing. Then Jamarcus Russell came in and he he put up some great numbers in his time, you know. And you look at this now. I mean, this not just LSU. I mean. Our quarterback right now is what first in passing efficiency, first in eleven points for average yards per attempt, eleven point six. I mean, his touchdowns at twenty five. I mean, he had eighteen last year. Uh, he's going to break the. I mean, the LSU single season record for touchdowns. He only got what three interceptions, and we have three receivers, two with what eight touchdowns and one with six right now, halfway through the season. The numbers they are putting up is ridiculous. And they're doing it against stiff competition. I mean, they're in the SEC now. They talked about this Florida defense that was supposed to be the best. I mean, the way they played, and I was telling somebody about Joe Burrow. 
He went 21 for 24. He could have panicked. He could have got out of control, and it could have been a 21 for 42 uh, attempt game. He played under control through the entire game. And I see the thing about this guy is that he is really patient as a quarterback. And that makes great quarterbacks, being patient, stepping up, moving around the pocket, not getting sacked, not throwing crazy balls. So people could say, okay, great. Not, not, I mean, I'm not going to say it. Let me back up a little bit. We have the guy that came from the Saints, the, 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 the guy with, you know, so we, okay, Joe, yeah, Brady. We got Joe Brady. So we have some of the Saints playbook. We do. But the thing, too, is that you can have a great playbook. The players still have to play and read and do what the playbook says and understand it, but believe in it. But you, I go back to the head coach, coach, oh, so everything he's been saying and he's been talking about, people are believing in it. They're going to say drink the Kool-Aid, whatever you want to say, but they're doing it. They're believing it. The guys are working. They are pushing, and they believe in the product. They believe in the system, and that is why they're kicking butt and they're playing the way they're playing right now. And, look, and Coach O is doing a great job of bringing in some really great talent. I mean, and look, there's a lot of youth on this team. Uh, a lot of these guys are young. They're, they hadn't been out of high school that long. It, it, you're right, Greg. And, and what's, what's crazy about everything is I remember when Coach O first came in. So, Coach O, he recruited me when I was out of high school, coming out of high school. He was at Syracuse. He was at Syracuse D-Lyman. So, I know Coach O. I've known him for a long time, you know, and um, when he first came here, people talked about he's a great recruiter. That's all he knew. Now you don't hear anybody talking. I mean, he he knew what he was doing because as a coach, as a head coach, everybody has to evolve. As a coordinator, assistant coach, you all have to evolve. As a player, you have to evolve. As a team, you have to evolve. And the team, I mean, the way they've been playing, I mean, hands down, they I mean, it's been amazing, and people right now are just laughing and chuckling, like, what's going to happen next? (laughs) Waiting for the shoe to drop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so amazing, amazing, Greg. I mean – Hey, you know, Coach O O would probably be a great sales manager just like uh, Coach Belichick. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) Well, that's – Coach O a little different. But Coach O a little different. He he got that that, that, that voice and that energy. I mean, he – He's very comical, but, man, he's a great guy just to be next to and listen to him talk. I mean, he's always pumped up. His heartbeat is always up and high. I mean, I, I love Coach O. We love Coach O, and I'm so happy the team is playing the way they're playing right now. Yeah, that that's great. It, it This is a very exciting time for the Tigers. And, and like I can tell you, the students are having fun and – you know, but I just tell them and say, you guys are lucky. This is a great, it's a great time to be an LSU student. Yes, it is. Uh, well, listen, Jarvis, I really appreciate your time this morning and, um, and your insights. I think this is really great information, not only for our students, but uh, other listeners who are in business and also in sales. I think they can benefit from some of what you've shared today. Well, thank you, Greg. And thanks for inviting me on today to chat about a little business and uh, football and life. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Look, and uh, go Tigers. Go Tigers, yes, sir. Okay, okay. thank you. Thank you again for joining us today in our podcast. If you or your company would like to find out about how you can be more involved in the LSU Professional Sales Institute or information on how to recruit our great sales students, you can reach us at business.lsu dot edu forward slash psi 
Thank you again, and go Tigers.